What's up, everyone? Welcome into Anime Plus, episode 65. We are back after like a month break. Uh, we had some shit pop up. We'll talk about that here in a moment. Uh, it's good to be back for this show. You know, it's just just starting up the show right now. That song just it hit different just now. Where it's like, oh yeah, we're we're back in action. I got Zach in here with me. Zach, how you doing? How you feeling with the return of Animan Plus? I'm doing good. I'm ready to do it. It's been a bit. It, uh, it has been. I a sort bit. of agree with you when you said that. But my, I was sort of on the other side. I went, this is nice. But I feel like this point with how we've done everything, this is about the point where we try and switch song again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get, get another new intro song. Which, you know, funny enough, uh, I was just kind of scrolling through, like, you know, my mix from my, like, YouTube music, whatever. And uh, it, it played the original lighthearted intro as one part of my mix. And I'm just like, damn, this is a throwback. I listened to the whole song. I'm like, damn, this thing was a bop. This was a great song. I mean, it was. Yeah, dude. I think it was called Emerald Sky. I forgot who it was by, but it was a great song. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time since we've done Animan Plus. Glad to be back here at 65. And right before we started recording, we we, uh, we had a realization. On 64, we were teasing this big announcement, the next step for Sparky 3, and then 65 obviously never came out until now. So we never got to make the announcement. So for those very select few individuals that I would say, like, if you listen to this show, like, on an audio platform, probably, and you don't More follow us on, on socials, you have no idea what the announcement was. But, if, like, if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, which, by the way, if you're not, you subscribe, youtube.com forward slash Sparky 3. Uh, then you, you already know what the announcement is. If you, if you follow the other shows, if you follow us on Twitter or whatever, then you already know. But uh, we launched a website, sparky3.com. You can sign up for free. We'd appreciate that. Uh, you can also sign up for 5 bucks a month, get uh, early access to podcast episodes, exclusive blog posts, uh, special access to our Discord server, which is also linked down below. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw in some... Um, discount codes for the merch store because we got sparky3shop.com animan plus merch is on there as well um so that was the big announcement i mean it was it was the next step for sparky 3 it is the next step for sparky 3 uh it's been a lot of fun so far looking forward to seeing what the future can continue to evolve into uh of course go follow us at us at twitter at animan podcast where you can stay up to date with all of this stuff you know why we randomly disappear sometimes as well as check out the other shows like game static terrible football show and talk about movies and stuff uh, so I'll go ahead and cut the music. We'll go ahead and kind of jump into some stuff here. So this episode is going to be a little bit different than the norm. Because obviously if you follow Animan Plus, then you know that we usually, you know, do weekly reviews of the latest animes in, you know, per season. Uh, so right now we're in the winter season, right? Yep. Yeah, winter season. Uh, manga chapter ratings and stuff like that. Uh, this episode's going to be a little bit different because I will be brutally honest. I am not caught up with any of the animes we've been watching. <laughs> I was about to say, as you said, it's been about a month since we did this. So, yep. I mean... I'm caught on a, several of them, but not all of them. So it's sort of been a thing of we've sort of missed the whole period to yep. do our weekly reviews at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, you know, with that, it actually kind of it's one it's one thing that actually inspired today's topic. So today's episode, it, we're going to be just focusing on a single topic, and this is an idea that we might try more in the future. Rather, if it's going to be for you know standalone like numbered official episodes like sixty six, sixty seven, blah blah blah, whatever, or maybe Animan Plus, you know, bonus episodes on the website sparky3.com with the premium tier. I mean, this this is a something that we want to try. We actually have like a list of like ten different topics lined up right now that we want to go through, but today's topic is actually going to be what makes an anime or manga good what makes it worth watching what makes it worth coming back to and the reason why all right so just being fully transparent to our fans all right to the people that listen to the show we disappeared because i had shit pop in my personal life and i had to take a step back from podcasting that was the bottom line you know if you follow the other shows you know i also took a step back from game aesthetic shout out to zach and john for holding it down uh terrible football show i powered through because we were literally at the end of our season and then right after the end of the season we took a one-week break so that 
was fine, whatever. Uh, but we're back in the saddle. And, and during this time period, like, shit still hasn't settled down for me. Like, I probably got, like, I would say another – I would say from the, from the from the contract that I was looking at in there, I probably have in May when things will be officially done, right? Beginning of May, my all my hectic bullshit will be done. So up to, up to this month, trying to gear back up to do Animan Plus, where you know Animan Plus is a commitment show. You know you got to watch the shows, you got to read the chapters, whatever. I'll be honest, it's just one. It's I've been in one of those moods where it's like I just didn't want to watch it. And I didn't want to watch anything. You know the only thing that I was consistently watching was Demon Slayer because Demon Slayer was hype as shit. It was awesome, awesome finale. But like. That's what that's what inspired me for this topic today is because all these shows we've been watching for this season, they're all shows that I would recommend. In fact, you know, one of them, Sabuki Visco, I've gone out of my way to show friends of mine that that short that I made to recommend it to them because it's just <laughs> of how wild it is, right? Like Tribe Nine, I'd recommend. In the land of Leodel, I would recommend. Love of Kill, I only watched three episodes. I'd still recommend it. You know, I'd recommend all these, but none of these shows, like, completely just grab me where it's like I have to tune in every week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like, you know, even this past weekend, we had the return of 86 with a recap episode. By the time this episode is up, a new episode of 86 will be out for the final two episodes of the season. I'm tuning into that immediately. Last fall, uh, Talk Off Destiny. Tune into that pretty much every single week. I think I think I might have missed one. Uh, Tokyo Avengers every week. You know, like there are those certain shows that just grab you. That no matter what is going on, you know, you you want to tune into it. And it's like when it comes to this past anime season, it just like I, I feel like in the time we've been doing Anime Plus and been doing it in the format that we have, I feel like this is one of the weaker seasons that we've come across. The only one that would be weaker, I'd say, would probably be last summer because yeah. we, we only reviewed one fucking show from that season, which was Tsukumichi. But we well, had we had carryovers. We had Tokyo Avengers and Edens that were carryovers from spring. Well, I mean, last summer we actually that was when we picked up uh, Tsukumichi. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Quest, I think, was in there. I'm pretty sure Dragon Quest. I think Dragon Quest been a long, been around a little bit longer than that. I'm pretty sure because I'm pretty. It was either right at the end of spring or beginning of summer is when Dragon Quest started. I want to say it was spring. Okay. I just remember Dragon Quest is when I was starting to go, when is this ending? <laughs> Which, hey, might be ending soon, apparently. What you were telling me. Yeah, possibly. It could still go for at least another 10 episodes. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, hey, if, if it's just another 10 episodes, at least that means that you are going to be done with it soon, though. Maybe. <laughs> But, no, I mean, that, that's the thing, though, with this topic today is that, like, all these shows, like, they're, they, they're just, they're not very grabbing. They're good. They're fun watches. I would recommend them. And I think Zach would as well. I know Zach would definitely recommend In the Land of Leodel. Yes. Uh, but they're, like, you know, they're just, they're not grabbing. You know what I mean? Which, you know, that does bring us to our topic today. And, you know, what, what currently what we want, what we're going to do for the show, uh, while, you know, I'll, I'll be up front while I'm trying to get my shit together here, uh, is, you know, we may do, like, um, review episodes every other episode. I mean, that's currently the plan. So next week, in theory, should be a review episode of some of these shows that we're watching it might be another topic it depends on what all we watch this week you know we'll see we, we may do multiple episodes in a row of different topics like i said we got currently like 10 lined up and we got more coming uh we, we're gonna still do like a review episode here soon do manga chapter ratings and stuff like so i mean if you're a fan of the show just bear with us you know we really just wanted to bring the show back i my bottom line is i didn't want the show to stay on hiatus until what may may, may or june I, I didn't want that to happen especially because 
Fuck you, Zach. Shield Hero Season 2 is about to come out. <laughs> so I'm very pumped up for that. You know, Shield Hero Season 2, Spy Family. So I want the I, I wanted to get the show back before the spring the spring season started. I'm still waiting for that freaking delay. It's not gonna happen. They announced the date today or yesterday, whatever it was. I think it was I yesterday. I mean, they can announce date all they want. It's it not still no, no, it's, it's, still it's coming. Help. It's coming. It's in the same field as Digimon Survive. Okay, stop. That doesn't <laughs> exist, first off. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that does not exist. Uh, before we actually jump into the topic, let's kind of go over a little bit of a quick little combo recap here, because uh, a lot of stuff's happened in the month we've been gone. <laughs> uh, so Demon Slayer was hype as shit. Very, very awesome. Uh, you know, loved every bit of that that climax for that season. Uh, we also got the announcement of the season three, the sword, uh, the Swordsmith Village arc, which should be the final arc uh, before the Infinity Castle. I don't think there was another arc in between those. I think after this one, we're going straight to the Infinity Castle, which is the final arc of the series. And an absolutely wild one. Uh, Demon Slayer, uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Stone ended, so thank God to that. God, I, I, I am just massive anti-Dr. Stone right now. I really am. I thought the last, like, like 10 chapters were just all, like, garbage. Zero out of 10s for me, dog. Zero, what, how did you feel about the ending? Uh, I mean, it was all right. It's not entirely what I was expecting, considering how everything was going, but I mean... We're apparently in the minority. Apparently, really, pe- I know. people really loved how this went, and I'm just over here going, "All right, yeah." Just like, okay, whatever. I mean, I, we like we really are in the minority. Like when I when I was seeing like the leaks for the chapter, everyone was just raving how incredible this last arc has been. I'm like, bro, the moment we got past that time skip, it all went downhill. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Fire Force also also ended that with a very interesting ending. Very, very interesting ending with how with how it went down. I'll go ahead and spoil it. I really don't give a shit. Um, well, fuck. Yeah, I really don't care. Uh, yeah. Um, spoiler warning. Uh, yeah, for spoiler everyone. warning. Skip ahead like probably ten <laughs> seconds. Okay, so wait for it. Spoiler is about to happen. You have a chance to skip ahead. So Fire Force is a Soul Eater prequel, which is ridiculous with how it's set up. That's absolutely insane. Um, I mean, I can see that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yozakora is back on a type train. It is back on its hype train. My dude, hardcore, top 10. Oh, my God, incredible. Uh, of course, 86 about to come back. We've got Shield Hero kicking off on April 6th. Black Clover movie. We did get a release window for that announced for 2023. I really thought it was going to be this year. It seems like that. I thought it was originally announced for this year, but it seemed, I'm assuming just a delay out of that. Um, but that also kind of puts in perspective when we could potentially get the anime back. So like not till like 2023, like late probably 2023 or 2024 before the anime comes back. And by that point, the series will be done. I'm gonna go ahead and say it right now because I'm convinced black Clover is ending. I am convinced. Like now this, I wouldn't say this is a spoiler because nothing's been announced towards that, but just the way that like the vibes, bro. I mean, do you still, are you, are you still with me? I mean, I'm still reading it. I mean, with how everything's been progressing, it just feels like this is in-game wrapping stuff up. If it's not ending after this, maybe one more arc, but I'm very unsure at this point what they would do for a final arc. Yeah, see, I do too, because I feel like where we are, it's just like, you know, in this world that you've created, where do you go from here with with who they're fighting? You know what yeah. I mean? So, I, I don't know. I'm convinced it's ending. Uh, My Heroes and in the has now started its final final war I mean, we've already known for a while that it's in it's in its final arc it's mm-hmm. you know it's reaching its climax sort of vibe but the final war the final battle actually started uh so i mean i i, I really do think my hero is going to end before this year is over 
you know, which is big sad for me. I know you guys are just like, oh, I mean, good run, you know, whatever. But I really like my hero. Um, One Piece has been on a heater, though. I will say that. Has it? Yeah. Uh, Josh, is, Josh, we cannot stop texting me right now about how incredible it is. Well, and I agree, it is on a heater. But Josh is like, I, I'm, I'm borderline like concerned for his health because I feel like he could have a heart attack at any moment. Is the war anywhere close to being finished? I would say, yeah, it's pretty close. There's okay. a there's a lot of fights that have been wrapping up. Uh, there's only a, there's only a few fights still left to go. Uh, Luffy's about to have a big ass moment in the next couple chapters. The chapter is coming out this weekend teases like a big thing for him and the next chapter i'm assuming you're going to actually see it okay so it's gonna be pretty hype uh we did get another trailer for the dragon ball super superhero worst movie name ever tra- uh trailer very heavily focusing on gohan hey um gohan and trunks actually grown up so that's cool they didn't regress in age like they did from z to super <laughs> like bro like you compare them in z and look at them in super i swear to god i super supposed to be further than z and i swear to god i feel like they regressed in age like they really do but that they're, they're actually grown up uh they're actually teenagers so that's actually Weren't they already teenagers no 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 because like in in z like i i would consider them like maybe like you know, eight to ten years old, right? That's my assumption. I don't know. I don't remember the age. Did you exactly. say Goten and Trunks or Gohan and Trunks? Goten. Okay. Goten. Yeah. So I may have said Gohan. If I did, I apologize. Uh, but, you know, I would like, like you look at them in Z and you're just like, okay, yeah, you're probably like 10 or 11 yeah. years old. But then I swear to God, you look at them in Super, it's like, are you a five-year-old? Like, <laughs> I feel like they regressed like straight up. I really do. And I, everyone else does. But no, they're actual teenagers now, like legitimate teenagers. They're tall. And they're teenagers. It's real this time. Uh, and they did tease in the poster uh, from them doing the fusion dance. So maybe a teen Gotenks that we've never seen before. Outside of, I think, like the Dragon Ball, like, um, heroes or whatever. That fan that fanfic of a series, it's like actual, re- that's actually reality. But it's basically just a giant fan fiction. Okay. Uh, JoJo fighting game also got announced yesterday. But it's a port from a PS3 game, apparently. I yes. didn't know that. That never came to West, as far as I'm aware. Yep. So I, I saw a bunch of people on Twitter talking about it. It's like, oh, yeah, JoJo fighting game. Let's go. Then realize it's a PS3 port. It's like, damn it. I mean, it has the full cast of characters that were released, though. That's true. 50-plus characters I saw for the roster. It's a pretty beefy roster. Yeah, that's a beefy roster. <laughs> that, is, that is a beefy roster, man. That's 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 actually pretty impressive, especially for a single like IP game. You know what I mean? That is pretty impressive. Uh, but yeah, lots happened this past month. You know, I was about to say one thing we should also mention is the fact that uh, Crunchyroll and Funimations have been fully yep. merged, and they're now going strictly under Crunchyroll. Yep. Thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah, that went down here recently. You know, I, we've been expecting it for a while ever since the purchase happened, and that is official. Uh, and you've already started to be able to see like the Funimation catalog come onto Crunchyroll. There's still some that's not on there because I noticed, like for example, Tribe Nine wasn't. Yeah, it's mostly just backlog of stuff. Yeah. Like anything that's currently airing is still strictly just on Funimation at the moment. It's just completed series at this point in time that's moved over to Crunchyroll. Yeah, and that that does make me. It does make me kind of curious how they're going to handle, like, current airing shows. Is Funimation still going to be able to get rights to stuff, or is it going to be, like, just Crunchyroll now? Like, are they going to fully merge, you know? Well, from the last article I read at the time, it seemed like it was going to be a full merge because at this point in time, Funimation subscription and everything are being cut off. No longer be a thing as far as... Has that happened to you yet? I honestly don't know. I haven't paid attention. Okay. I did, I, it may have, actually, because I did jump on your Funimation uh, a couple weeks ago 
because I was going to show Jared uh, the Dragon Ball Z fight uh, from Tribe 9. Gotcha. You know, to show him Tribe 9 hype. And I did notice when I logged in that it said something about your account. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to leave that alone. Let him take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I did notice it said something about, like, error with your payment or whatever. Oh, that was something else. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Well, it might still be happening soon. Yeah, but at least the last article I read, which is a couple weeks old, so some news may have changed. But at the last time I read up on anything, it seemed like Funimation was more or less going to be almost fully absorbed into Crunchyroll. They didn't outright say that Funimation was going to be completely stopped, but any Funimation uh, subscriptions would be can would more or less transfer into a Crunchyroll subscription, and that would work for both as far as I was aware. I wonder if that also means that Crunchyroll will, will once again like revamp their membership tiers, because I think they have three right now. Yes. Uh, so I wonder if they'll maybe revamp those again and do something with a higher tier. Possibly. Because I feel like the higher tiers, unless you're like a big fan of Crunchyroll Shop, the higher tiers are kind of worthless. Uh, Yes and no. I well, mean, well, well, one of them lets you download episodes, right? To one, view offline. If we're talking just strictly streaming, then you, just having a base membership, paid membership, is probably the best thing you can get because it's just no ads and you get right. early access. The higher ones are more or less... Uh, Besides shop, also it automatically enters you into like sweepstakes and contests for free shit every month. Oh, okay, I didn't know so that. So with the higher tiers, like I think the next tier, second tier is like one or two entries, and the next tier up is like three or four entries, and then there's also contests specifically just for those tiers and up. So I mean, if you have one of those and you actually pay attention to that stuff, you could have been getting a lot of free shit. Oh. Well, I, I didn't know that. I, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not on a higher tier. You are you just on the base? Uh, I'm on the second tier. Oh, okay, okay. I, I want to say one of them, like I like I mentioned, uh, lets you download episodes. Yes. Is it the second tier or is it third? Uh, third tier, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, well, I'll be curious. Keep an eye out for the subscription stuff. I'll be kind of curious to see if Crunchyroll does another revamp for it, and uh, you know, in some capacity, do something because, like, you know, if they are going to fully merge, I'm, I'm curious. Like, I guess like the ongoing shows that Funimation has will also just be on a Crunchyroll. So I would assume so. Yeah, just something to keep an eye out for. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and just jump into our topic today. Uh, once again, it is uh, what makes an anime or manga good? Uh, what makes it worth watching, reading, and and most importantly, what makes it worth coming back to? Because we all have a series or series that we love to just come back to, reread, rewatch, whatever, like a, like a comfort anime, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. And you know, this is a very this is a very interesting topic because it's such a wide and broad topic where it's like it has such a simple answer. And simple answers to give you more context, but then it's just like that's where it's like the answers, the opinions for those answers is what's going to be different, yes. and everyone's going to have a different opinion because, like you know, you know, I I give you that that topic right, and everyone with a half a brain could be like, oh, it's very simple. What makes an anime good? It's like just be entertaining. That's step one. That's the most base simple I would answer. Never give that answer. That is the most well. Actually, I saw a lot of people give that answer. Really? Yes. That is like the most simple base answer answer you could give is just be entertaining just entertain me and it's good that's it but then like you break it down further and it's like the next set of answers that i can give are also very generic that anyone could give where it's like some quick ones that i pitched here is story direction and story concept that's that's one thing right uh the character the cast of characters are they entertaining are they engaging are they relatable right character development world building and then of course art style and animation which i feel like that is that's just a nice touch you know what i, I mean was say, those two i mean that, those, nice that's a nice touch, touches but they're really more for people who really focus on that stuff because yeah 
there's tons of series I've watched where I've not given a shit about how they looked. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, I'm with you on that. Now, you know, obviously, I've been very vocal about some series, Seven Deadly Sins. I'm looking at you, but that's not the point. That that's that's a different conversation. You're, you're also on the front of the train for that. So, yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, you know, diving into this further, it's like I can give you, or and like, you know, and Zach and I can probably agree on those five things is what makes a series like good and worth watching. But it's like then that's when we get a little bit more into it is when we start giving our opinions. But before we start jumping into our opinions, Zach, do you have anything else to add on to that? Or do you feel like the five things that I quickly pitched is kind of like solid for it? Or is there anything else that you would say before we start getting into details? The other thing I would say that really makes a series that, uh, worth watching going back to is, um, setting, not necessarily world building itself, but actually keeping a consistent setting of atmosphere Right. That makes you actually feel um, that the world itself is engaging, that you could just look at it even without the characters and whatnot. Right, right. Okay, that that's that's a very good one. Setting is a very good one. That's so that, so six things basically is what we kind of have lined out here. Now let's kind of dive in a little bit further. Let's start with uh, let's start with story direction, story concept. Um, Zach, for you, what what are some great examples of like? a story direction or concept that's just automatically good and entertaining to you. Because like for me, it's very obvious from my catalog that I enjoy to watch. I'm big into shonen. I'm big mm-hmm. into like those action shonens, like the like the drama that's behind it. They, like, that's what I'm big into. I enjoy some memes like anyone else. Okay, One Punch Man is a phenomenal fucking watch, but it's a giant goddamn meme. And it, you know, and there's different aspects about that with One Punch Man that I'll dive into in this for a couple different topics. But, like, I, I'm big into, like, the really story-driven series, like a, like a Naruto, like a Full Metal Alchemist. Full mm-hmm. Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, or just, I would just say Full Metal Alchemist, the manga, yeah. since what Brotherhood is, is still to this day probably the best overall story I've ever experienced in anime and manga, for me personally. So, like, what's, like for you, what, what are some great examples of, like, good story direction and concept that, that really pulls you back in, or pulls you into a series? Well, for me at this point, because I'm always, I enjoy showing it myself because uh, that's really the type of stuff that pulled me in initially, right. stuff like that. But now at this point uh, with my choosing of stuff, I always get drawn in more in stories that have sort of a um, intellectual drive of a, not a character that just goes straight into things, but one who's actually very aware of the world and things like that. And more or less it's a trek of intrigue into like in drama versus training strengthening and fighting right so uh, you know just just from kind of what you're talking about i feel like you know a good example there would probably be like a death note right yes yeah i mean which i agree with you death note's a phenomenally written story yes phenomenally if i would have to give it one example like one series that's caught me recently is a uh, manga called uh, i am an evil god mm-hmm. and main character True, it's an easy guy, so true traditional, he gets killed by a truck. And, uh, <laughs> Shout out to all the trucks out there. <laughs> Truck-goon! Uh, all I think now is the otaku trucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more or less, he gets reborn into a world, into a, another world as another version of himself, of course, who's bottom the barrel. He's literally just been uh, being drained, his life force been drained by this woman who's been literally fucking him to death. Um, and more or less, the, so far, I'm like, 60 chapters in now. It's literally him going from the bottom and using his cheat system very smartly. He's not just going out 
Riot and going, I'm going to beat you. Being, he's being tactful about it and using the system in a way. He's just like, this is what I need to do. They're going to fuck me up, so I'm going to do this. <laughs> right, right. And I'm probably going to use it again because when I got to the, one of the big plot points, it got fucking wild. Because <laughs> this is sort of like the intellectual thing for me. It's just like there were hints throughout it, but I just didn't catch them at the time. So this entire time he's part of this sect and he's building up relationships and whatnot. And there's a slight civil war between the elders and it gets to a big meeting of the elders because they're going to throw one of the elders on the bus for trying to upsert the matriarch leader. And it ends up being the person, the elder the matriarch was teaming up with was actually a traitor. The matriarch they're going after was not a traitor. <laughs> it got fucking wild because it went from she's following the plan to outright killing a witness. The other matriarchs, uh, the other elders' lover suddenly coming up in the middle of everything and presuming this happened, yada, 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 to starting a big fight, to all of them fighting, to eventually going, yeah, I'm a traitor. By the way, this other sex here to kill us. And I went, what is this shit? <laughs> and this happened within five chapters. Jesus. I was just like, this shit is getting wild. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it got wild quick. <laughs> but like, very, like fists were thrown, but it was all a thing of, there was pre-planned stuff here. <laughs> right. Which the pre-planned stuff, like, that's that's the stuff that fucking gets me. Like, so that's that's, that's kind of interesting. I'm going to have to look into that. You'll have to text me the name for that one. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, dude, any sort of, like, pre-planned stuff or, like, you know, like that overarching plot where it's, like, you have, like, the key plot going on, right, and you get, like, little hints and tidbits yeah. and different things, and later on it's just, like, all comes together and just hits you in the face of all this stuff that's been going on behind the scenes the whole entire time. Dude. I love that shit. Like that shit is peak. And it's also why like, uh, you know, you know, which don't get me wrong. Like while it's just my personal favorite, I imagine they're, even though it is very like universally like held as one of the better stories. Mm -hmm. That's one reason I've always loved full metal alchemist, like the actual manga and brother. Cause yeah. that, that is one of the big things about brotherhood is that overarching plot. Once you find out like all of these different blood baths that have taken place all throughout yep. uh, a mistress. Is that the name of the country? I don't remember. I think it's like a mesh or something like that. It's all setting up to create one massive transmutation circle. And it's yeah. just like, if you've never watched Full Metal Brotherhood, I guess I just spoiled the story. But that's an old-ass series. You're on your fucking I own. was about to say, at this point, <laughs> if you haven't watched it, that's sort of on you. Yeah, it's on you. Fuck you. Uh, but, you know, stuff like that gets me. Like, I absolutely love that. And, you know, it's the same thing with, like, let's say some Naruto. Because Naruto kind of had the same vibes of different aspects. Yeah. Like, you know, of course, where it's, like, literally chapter one, you know, the first episode about the Hokage, the fourth Hokage, the nine tails, and then you get to see all that transpire again later. You know, you get all these different little plot points involving, like, oh, you think it's Madara? No, it's actually Obito. It's actually a lot spoiler but again that's on you you know yeah that, that that sort of stuff gets me bro like hardcore like i'm a big fan of that shit and hitman reborn has some vibes of that as well you know like you know the biggest thing about like hitman reborn that like the overarching plan that just like just blew me away was in the future arc yeah, yeah. oh my god that's still one of my favorite like plot twist of all fucking time of all time, just because, like, I, but then again, I am very biased. I love the series. You know, I understand it's probably not one of the biggest, the best ones of all time. I get that. That's on. It's just mine, where it's like you find out this whole plan of how Suna and the gang all got sent to the future, all because of future Suna pairing up with Hibari and um, drawing a blank on his name, a red haired dude. Um, I mean, I know who you're talking about. Other yeah, people don't. I know. I'm just drawing a blank on his name. Uh, Shoichi, maybe. 
I don't know. I may have said a completely wrong character, but either either way, you find out like this entire plot where you know all of Suna as soon and all of his friends started getting blasted to the future was all just one big ploy. You know, and like this main antagonist that's been part of like the Mifori family this entire time, and it just seemed like a hard ass general, or whatever, is actually part of, you know, he's side with the Von Gola, and he's actually really weak and kind of like, eh, leave me alone. Uh, bro, everything about that is just 10 out of 10. Because, like, you, because like once you learn what it is and you start thinking back to like a few different concepts, right? Like, still one of my favorite moments in that series was, um, uh, the the night of the raid where they were yeah. gonna raid the Mifori base and it's just like that that episode had like so much like drama and anxiety filled behind it because like you keep seeing all the shots of like Suno and the family all sleeping you see the Mifori family coming into busting the base you know they all break you know it's just going back and forth between them sleeping them breaking into the base them sleeping and it's just like oh shit's about to fucking get real uh, and then they break into the base and they're just like in a wide open area and mind this is also like the end of the episode it's a great close to the episode and they're just like what where the hell are we we will follow the track and you see the hole they busted in just get like closed up with like cloud cages whatever and Hibari step up with the tracker and drop it and make some badass quote you know it's just like once you figure out like the, that the overarching plot was like you know this was all one big master plan and then you think back to you know when Hibari knew that the tracker was there that Hibari knew where they were going to be and then also when he was fighting Phantom Knight and he kept on saying just like god I wish I could be the one to bite you to death. Like, he knew he was about to get swapped. Like, all that peak. I love that sort of stuff with story direction. I mean, story direction is great, especially when an author gets to go long enough to be able to do overarching things like that. Bingo. Which is an unfortunate thing with a lot of uh, mangas. They get axed so quick. And don't even get a chance to, like, where a concept can become a lot more in favor than that. Because, like, things like... Red Hood, which came out this past, at the end of last year, um, was really good. Its concept of using fairy tales and things like that yep. for creatures and hunter was actually very interesting and very well done, seeing as they were doing the um, Grimm Brothers versions a lot of times. Right. And then the whole concept of everything's written in a soul book of everyone's fates and things was a very fantastic concept that never came was able to come to full fruition, but a concept like that was absolutely... It was fantastic. I yep. really wish it got a chance to expand on it more because they could have done quite a bit with that. Yeah, because like the thing about Red Hood is it had a great concept. It had some interesting characters, um, and it, the art style was 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 good. It was unique. You know, it gave you like more like a grungy sort of feeling, kind of like a JJK, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but it just didn't it just didn't get a chance. And you know, it's funny. I was talking about Red Hood the other day with Josh when I saw him because he never finished it because obviously Red Hood only went like fifteen chapters. Yeah, it wasn't long. And uh, he's just like you know. He said something about, like, should he finish it? And I said, abso-fucking-lutely. Like, that may be a 15-chapter act series, but that has one of the best endings I've ever seen in a, in a oh, series. Oh, it would <laughs> The author took it and just went, well, shit, I'm being canceled? All right. Yeah, like, I got, the way I explained to Josh, like, that is one of the best table flip fuck it moments I've ever seen. And it is so interestingly because of that. But, no, great concept. It just didn't get a chance to expand further. And one of the more further things of a concept that did get to expand in a series that everyone knows and loves is, like, One Piece. Yeah, yeah. Its whole concept was literally just, hey, there's this treasure left by the Pirate King, and we have this young boy who aspires to be a pirate. This is his adventure to go get that treasure. And, what, 30 years later? Yeah, something like that. Is it something like that? 
Uh, well, maybe not thirty because didn't it? it may, may have started like what ninety eight. Okay. Yeah, I think it was like late nineties is when it started. Cause, okay. So. Yeah, because One Piece normally doesn't get considered with the nineties big five, you know, because that's more of like the Ronio Kenshin, Yu Yu, Dragon Ball, Sailor, and Saint Seiya. So yeah, I think it's like ninety eight, ninety nine. Okay. So twenty years. Yeah, twenty ish. Yeah. I think they actually just had it like twenty fifth, not that long ago. Now that I think about it. Yeah, they may have. Um. That was literally the initial concept was just small child becoming a pirate, big old treasure. <laughs> yeah, basically. And that's a concept that's expanded and given us some wild <laughs> stuff throughout the years now. In just one piece. Yeah. Yeah, and then also just the inspirations from it. I mean, let's look at Eden Zero. Hello. <laughs> I mean, it's basically space one piece in a way. I mean, it really is. <laughs> it, it, I mean, yeah, dude, it is. Like, you know, just like you have this kid. He's got the dream to go find mother. Go go in space. Go be a pirate. <laughs> well, his was actually a little bit different. His yeah, was, yeah. He wanted. He wanted to be a friend. He wanted to make friends, <laughs> and there just happens to be this lady who can apparently grant any kind of wish in the world if you can find her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, still talking about story concept. Like for me, I'm pretty easy to go with when it comes to story concept. Like as long as the the story concept is interesting in some capacity, you will at least hook me to start. You know, right? But then it's just like everything else, all these other checkpoints, like let's just say the story direction, like the concept can be cool, but how is the story direction to go to keep me in and the characters, whatever, blah, blah. Because like when it comes to concept, bro, like, I mean, you look at some of the series that like I read or watch and like they're fucking stupid. Sabuki Bisco, like, like Mashal. Mashal's great, but Mashal's a stupid concept. Like, I mean, because it's basically magic one punch man. I mean, I'm probably in a bit, bit of a deeper pool than you because probably if you go through my stuff, my concepts that really drag me nowadays. If you look at my earlier stuff, it's mostly Shonen S stuff of just very simple concept. This character, yeah, there's this big thing, they're gonna go towards it. But nowadays, my concept is either Isekai, which I very much enjoy Isekai series just because. They allow for interesting worlds and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is just wild shit. Like, one of my big ones that I love to recommend to people is Bento. Yeah, the, I, the, I the knew con- you were about to say the this. The concept of this series is there's a freaking lunchbox club in high school. And they go to a supermarket when it gets some lunchbox. Bentos get put Marked at half down. price. And a bunch of high schoolers and, I guess, Maybe college students never really specifies, and some adults. So maybe there may be some adults beating up kids. Go fight <laughs> for these bentos in the middle of a grocery store, and nobody stops them. None of the other, none of the employees address it. Besides uh, the person day. who puts the stickers, none of the other customers address it. There's just a bunch of delinquents beating the shit out of each other for half price bentos. <laughs> Dude, the amount that he raves about Bento is unreal. <laughs> it is a, it's just a wild concept, but it's executed so well. Right, right. And then, like, another random ass series I've read before is, uh, I believe it's called, like, Dungeon Meshi. And it's literally about a adventuring party who goes into a dungeon to save one of the party member's sisters. And through their adventures, they can't leave the dungeon because if they do, they're afraid that they won't get back in time and the girl will be eaten. So it's their adventures about how they defeat things and the store partner they picked up manages to cook them. And it then becomes a story of them just eating different dungeon monsters throughout their adventure. What? Yes. Just go save this girl. And meanwhile, making the best gourmet book ever of all the dungeon monsters. Yeah, the shit that you get, you're, you're deeper than me. I mean, I'll admit that. 
I would say like uh, like Sabuki Bisco is one of the wildest things I've ever sat down and actually watched and enjoyed. Like that that is a very such a wild concept of a series. Oh, I, I can't remember the series. I think the series is called Akane. It came back in the two thousands. It is a series. It's a battle series about uh, soda pop girls who fight. What? Yeah, it's little it's girls that come out of like drinks and they fight each other for a tournament. So wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. They, okay, all right, pause. Let's rewind a little bit. So they come out of the soda bottles. So like, do they have like a master that un- opens the bottle for them? Or like, is this like a tamer sort of series? Uh, it's more of a yeah, sort of like a genie in the bottle. The person who opens it, they technically fight for them. <laughs> I've heard of a lot of different Tamer series, but I've never heard of one involving soda pop girls. Yeah, there's some wild shit out there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but bottom line is, when it comes to story concept, like, that that one's just, that's too deep of a topic to really dive into. Like, I feel like that could be an episode on its own. I mean, it can. Like, the, the main thing is, like, have a good story concept, but that's all, you know, per person, like, what's your interest. But story direction is one of the biggest things because it's just like, you know, where the hell are we going? What is the purpose? You know, I mean, you know, and there are a lot of series that can get away with having no purpose because that is the series. That's what the series is. But at the same time, having that purpose is what's going to help drive you forward and help people help keep people in. But again, there are going to be those series out there that literally don't have a purpose. And it's just like, let's just hey, have fun. Boys. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I, there is a lot of series out there that just don't have a purpose. And it's just like, like I I have not read the series. I'm making a wild assumption here, but I'd probably say me and Robico probably does not have a purpose of the series. It's probably just there to have a good time. I mean, it probably does. Uh, whatever it would be, couldn't tell you. I couldn't even I couldn't even begin to guess what it could be. It's just like to be the best Robico maid of all time. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I'm, that might actually be a thing. I know it probably is. I don't know. But story directions, like you know, what is our purpose and how are we getting there? Um, you know, and how are we getting there? It's like, well, hopefully along the way, it's going to be because of a great cast of characters because that'd be the next thing that's that's very important for a series. And this is one for me where it's like. You look around at some of the series that I enjoy, and you can very well see a theme that I enjoy a series that has, like, a wide cast of characters that are all, like, relevant. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one thing that I really enjoy now. And it's kind of ironic because I said here, and I, I have said before openly that, like, Dragon Ball Z is one of my favorite series of all time. While they have a great cast of characters, there's really only, like, you know, mostly one. There's only, like, three characters that are relevant. Still even just mostly one character relevant being Goku, of course. Uh, but they still have a great cast of characters, okay? You Hitman Reborn, great cast of characters. You as a core family, great cast of characters. Like, I'm I'm a big fan, me personally, of having that wide cast, right? You know, but really at the same time, it just comes down to, like, who is our protagonist? Who is the other word that I just learned recently is a word that represents the secondary protagonist. Remember I told you about that. There's a word for it. Oh yeah. But I don't remember what the word is, but I just learned the word recently. I'm not an intelligent person, but uh, the secondary main character who's like the antagonist, stuff like that. Like having the, these, you know, really engaging, charismatic, relatable characters. That's what's going to really pull you in, especially the relatable part. Because like 
a lot a lot of, for people to continuously go back and check out a series it's usually for me assuming here for probably maybe two reasons one it's completely and utterly badass or hilarious right or two it's a comfort series is it would that probably be about accurate is that it's just like you know in comfort series just references like you just really love it and you just want to rewatch it yeah. like i feel like that's probably the two reasons you're going to go back and rewatch a show is that it's completely just badass or you're just going to laugh your ass off or it's just like your comfort series is, is that probably about accurate i mean yeah that's what probably a lot of people hit up because i mean a cast of characters is always very good um i'm probably on a slightly different angle than you because yeah yeah you probably um are. you enjoy a lot of large cast of characters and focus with me um i mean i mostly read just to, for the story's sake and everything so relatability is actually very low on my list I don't necessarily care about the relatability of the characters to me personally in any form or fashion. I'm more of a, the camp of the characters being relatable to each other. So, like, Dragon Ball, mm. I've stopped watching Dragon Ball a long time ago just because, as you said, there's, like, maybe a few cast characters that are focused and, like, everyone else is sort of slightly relevant. And I could Shout out to all the Dragon Ball fans that remembers when Yamcha was relevant. Remember all the shout out to all the Dragon Ball fans that remember Watch Yamcha Dragon as a Ball. thing. <laughs> uh, shout out to the Dragon Ball fans that know what Dragon Ball is. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Master Jackie? <laughs> yeah, Jackie Chun. Let's go. Um, but my thing is more of a relatability to the main cast themselves. Because like, there's a series out there called Peerless Dad that I've read, in which the main focus is on this warrior dad who has two children he lost his wife and more or less he's trying to just make a living as a fighter for his kids and everything and just seeing the relationships him and his two children it focuses on builds throughout this story and how it all relates to each other going forward mm -hmm. so i always pulled in more by actually having a rounded out cast that actually complements each other i could care less if they're relatable to me I'd rather than make a rounded story following all of them leading into whatever continent goes into. And see, that's very interesting for you to dive into because it really puts me and you on such different perspectives, which is why I, I love this topic for an episode because like, there's so many differing opinions. Um, because like while I'm while I do agree with you, having that concept where all the characters really complement each other, like that's dope. I ain't gonna I am not gonna trash it, but like for me personally, I prefer characters that like I can really relate with, you know, because it becomes more of like a comfort show because yeah. of that like whatever they've gone through is similar to stuff that i've gone through or whatever and it just becomes more comforting so like that that's a very interesting how different you and i are on that because i like i said i agree with what yours is uh 100 like that that's 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 great for a cast of characters but with your cast of characters as well i feel like one of the main points uh and i've got a great example for this that we have talked about on end since last year of a series that has such an interesting concept but such a weak cast of characters is platinum end I mean, Platinum Inn, like, dude, let's be real. Platinum Inn is a phenomenal, interesting concept. Its story and concept is very well done. But the characters, like, the fact that I, I am more invested as, like, a watcher, like, not, not in the relatable sense, but just, like, you know, of how charismatic he is to our main antagonist, who is a complete piece of shit, than our protagonist, like... I, I feel like that says something. Because, like, I, we've been saying it nonstop. That Mirai, our, our protag, it's just... Such a boring character, and I look there. Are, there are parts about him that are relatable for me, but like I guess the problem with like let's say Mirai, and I have, I've got more examples of this as well, is that, 
And this actually kind of flirts with our, our next topic. So I guess we can kind of talk about both topics at the same time here if we want, which is character development, is there's no character development really with Mirai. It's very little. You know, we see some development where, you know, now he's like, oh, man, he used the white arrow. You know, oh, he used the red arrow to shoot oh, someone. Oh, he actually shot at someone. Yeah, it's like, oh, look at him go. Like, there is some, but there's very little, obviously. And, and that makes for a stale character, which could potentially make for a stale series if it's our protagonist, especially another great example from a series that I hold very near and dear to my heart would be Dragon Ball with Goku. Goku never changes. The only thing, way that he changes is he gets stronger. He goes through all these power ups, but then today Goku is Goku, which in that, in that case does work for him because of how he is being like this complete, you know, this complete doofus, you know, throughout the whole series, more or less like it's, it's funny and it's charming, but even now hardcore Dragon Ball fans, I feel like can agree to me when, you know, when I say this, that like Dragon Ball, like while it's entertaining because it's like high stakes, super cool, flashy battles and stuff like that it's gotten stale over the years. Like it's been kind of stale for a while because it's rinse and repeat of the same thing because our characters never change. Cause like when it comes to dragon ball, just talking about that specifically, you know, we had our character developments with Vegeta and Piccolo, which yeah. was both phenomenal, right? You know, Vegeta still continues to have character development. You know, Piccolo, I mean, Piccolo's peaked. He's Pic peaked. Piccolo went from main antagonist to suddenly ally without anyone noticing. Yeah. I mean, I, and he, he peaked in terms of his character development, right? Vegeta, I still feel like to this day in the dragon ball super manga, still continues to grow and develop as a character. Meanwhile, Goku's Goku, which, like I said, you know, is not terrible in his case because he is a charming character that is funny. You know, there are different aspects about him that are cool, but it's just like, you know, we, we hold so much nostalgia for Dragon Ball, yeah. and that's what still keeps it super awesome. But, like, even me as a diehard Dragon Ball Z fan can take a step back and realize that, like, where we are now with, like, let's say Super, with the new Super movie, the Super manga, whatever, especially someone who's reading the Super manga monthly and gets kind of frustrated by it, like, yeah, shit's, like, stale, you know, because there is not a lot of development. Besides power-ups, more and more, like, what what other power-up can we pull out of the ass? You know, it's just there is no development, which I feel like, ultra you know. ego. Yes. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I call this ultra ego, and I'm like, oh, my God, really? Come you on. You know, speaking of that, like, cast of going slightly back to cast characters, I was actually explaining some of the stuff you said about Super to someone else who's knows Dragon Ball Z, but nothing about Z, uh, Super. And I tried to explain them the whole serials. The serial ones. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they were just like, what? And I was like, yeah, this, this is what's happening oh, currently in the God. Dragon Ball. Yeah. And just, that's one of those things with these, uh, along with needing a good cast characters, naming is important. <laughs> yeah. Right, well, look. <laughs> If it wasn't for what, if it wasn't for like how just like legendary the series is, Toriyama wouldn't be able to get away with that. I mean, he wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't be able to get away with yeah. it. Amazes me. I feel like he's gonna. He's one of the only people on the planet that can get away with shit like that, though. <laughs> like he really is. Uh, maybe like I would say like maybe him and Oda would not be yeah, the only Oda, people that could get, get away, away with, with it. it. <laughs> and probably Kubo as well. Yeah, Kubo. Yeah, well, Kubo. Yeah, Kubo don't give a fuck. <laughs> Kubo's gonna do what he wants, what he wants. He made another entire series that's apparently in the Soul Society universe, but it's not in Soul Society. Yeah, and everyone's confused about it. Hey man, that volume one sold phenomenal. <laughs> I tried to explain that to the same people as well that Burn the Witch was in the Bleach universe, and they wouldn't believe me. Really. Because there's no, 
There's nothing in that series that hints that it is part of that, but that's a different story for another day. Yeah, we'll dive into that another time. <laughs> um, but, you know, overall, when it comes to, like, cast of characters, like, you know, number, like, you know, wide cast is cool, cast that's relatable with each other is cool, cast that's relatable with you is cool, but, like, you know, I feel like you got to have, you know, whoever your protagonist is, I mean, you, your protagonist has got to be engaging in some yes. capacity. It's got to be. Or you're going to have a situation like Platinum Inn, which is such a great concept that fell short because of our protagonist. I was about to say, you either need a very strong protagonist or you need a secondary um, support character or antagonist or something to help carry that protagonist, to allow that protagonist to sort of have that back and forth with. Right. Which... We got that a little bit with Platinum Inn with our, um, I forget his name Metropolitan. Metropolitan, who really carried that show and allowed that series to at least be interesting and animated. I still don't know how it was as a manga, seeing that I still have never read the manga. Yep, same. And things like that. But Metropolitan really carried that sort of first half of hit the relationship of battle between himself and Mirai. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to, like, the protagonist man like if they are just really that engaging and that charismatic you get pulled in quick because like a good example uh yeah this just popped in my head uh while i have not caught up on the manga like me and you both were engaged pretty quickly because of how charismatic our protag is and that's ron korameshi uh, uh deranged detective yeah. like you i think you read the first chapter uh before me which by the way that series is in jump plus by akira mano the creator of hitman reborn for everyone still that doesn't great know. it's yeah. still going strong and uh like i think you read it before me and you're just like bro this this guy our pro tag is a fucking nut yes <laughs> i think yeah i think that was actually my exact words i think it was he's a fucking nut bro and i agree he is because like in the first uh chapters you're getting you, know, you like the first page beautiful color page where he's like the successful detective and it's like right after that then it's immediately like where he is now sort of vibe and when he kind of gets into it like dude's like laying down but suddenly he's like mm, tell me what happened <laughs> <laughs> like this dude is insane but it pulls you in that's the thing like those sort of characters dude they pull you in and then of course naturally characters that are like the underdogs will always pull people in. I feel like unless they're just boring as shit, an underdog will always pull you into a series. Deku being a good example, Naruto, Asta, you know, from Black Clover, like, you know, Denji from Chainsaw mm -hmm. Man. Chainsaw Man is fucking whack, though. That's a different topic for a different day. I'm not going to dive into that one. Um, you know, that that's what created the... What the f***? What the f*** is this chapter? Yes. And this the, that we'll use when the anime comes out. What the f*** did I just watch? Chainsaw Man created all of those. Uh, but, you know, un underdogs, man. Underdogs will pretty much all, always pull people in as long as they're entertaining characters yes. in some capacity. And, I mean, I would agree with that because there's uh, sort of the finish it up, just initial compelling. Like, if you look back at series like One Piece, the very first scene with Luffy is him literally popping out of a barrel knocking two yeah, people yeah, out yeah. and just immediately catching the audience and going, okay, this seems like an interesting character. Why is he in a barrel? Why Why was he able to knock these two people out almost instantly? Right. Things like that. Versus there's um, the other aspect of it, of sort of a slow burn character building up, uh, uh, Light Yagami from Death Note. Yeah, yeah. You don't initially really care for Light during the first, but as he gets the notebook and progresses, you really start to build with light and everything right 
Uh, next thing that we had up was the world building, which I would, okay. So when it comes to like all these things that we talked about, like, you know, like setting, uh, yeah, you, you touched on whatever, uh, development, character cast, story direct concept. I feel like those all carry the weight primarily. Yes. I feel like world building and the, in dead last would be art style and, uh, the animation. Those would be like dead last in, in a series. Those are just, those are those are just nice things, mm-hmm. you know. I, I do feel like world building is important because I feel like there is a nice fine line between, you know, having just the right amount of world building to pair up with your story concept and story direction, and then there's times where there's too much world building, which we've seen before with uh, Samurai Eight, mm-hmm. uh, the Tale of Hachimichi. I think it's I think Hachimaru, which was uh, Kishimoto's uh, follow up manga after Naruto, and it, this thing was hyped hyped right he was hyping it up it's like this is my best work yet this is gonna be better than naruto jump push the fuck out of this and it only made it i think like 40 chapters and they axed it because it wasn't selling wasn't resonating and the reason why is because you look at uh samurai 8 tale of hachimaru you look at naruto and you look at two very different approaches of series where naruto was very heavy on the story direction and world building came with it Samurai 8 was very in-your-face about world-building. 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 And story was kind of behind it. You know what I mean? World-building is super important to help establish where you are. And I feel like that's going to be more of an important thing if you have a series in a fictional world or in a world that has a lot of fictional aspects to it. You know, if you're just like some sort of like slice-of-life romance, you don't need world-building. You're just, you know, they're they're teenagers or they're adult. in high school yeah it's not a big deal you don't need a lot of world building but like anything that's going to be super heavy fictional like the naruto's like the dragon balls the the black clovers the my heroes whatever which my hero is based on you know earth and you know japan whatever yeah. but you know what i mean it has those you know those aspects of heroes and quirks and whatever you know world building is tremendously important for those series but there is a time where there is like too much world building i was about to say we've actually seen it a lot more over the past like decade or so where world building coming first has actually been somewhat successful. And a lot of those have been in like uh, Isekai series or VR MMOs where they create this whole fictional world and like, this is what exists and everything and then drops the characters into it and things like that versus um, what's still popular and was popular is having characters and having the world naturally build along with their story, right? which it's still more successful of the two, in my opinion, at least from what I've seen and things like that. And more that resonates with me is it feels more natural in the story yes. where the world grows and what the characters and whatnot as well. And just as things become relevant. Yes. Versus just outright world building. There is several series that do that. I have been able to do it properly and things like that, where um, like one series I go to overlord overlord yeah. that it actually has fair amount of world building and things like that. And then the characters in it. And, but it's sort of a thing of, they do it real well of it's as, um, I can't think of his name at the moment, but our, um, overlord skeleton mage master learning, getting information about the world and naturally making the relevant thing of he's sending out people to learn information when they get it. It then expands on the world and it has this whole world building that's, relevant for that time and place 
Yeah. And, you know, you know, you breaking that down in phenomenal detail, I've got to hammer, I got to hammer it with you. Cause I mean, like that is like on point, so accurate for like the best kind of world building. Because like the, like if you come in like the first like few episodes or first chapters and just throw it in my face, like the entire world being built right here, right now, I'm going to forget half the shit you just explained to me by the time it pops back up and becomes fucking relevant again. You know, like, you know, you know, world build around you what's relevant and that helps you pull it pulls you into the story more helps keeps things more natural because we've seen that in a lot of series like let's say let's say the naruto like naruto's world was being built when it became relevant in the situation and because when the series initially started literally our world was just konoha yes we knew there was other nations but as far as we can were concerned they were nothing. Yes, Black Clover the same way. Uh, even Full Metal Alchemist same way. You know, we were we were heavily focused in like one region. Then there was another country where Ling came from, got brought into stuff. You know, like you know, world build as we go. Don't just throw it in our face. And that's a concept that you know I feel like what you're saying, what makes this story feel more natural, is so important because like uh, I've mentioned this a couple times on the series on on Anime Plus before, but uh, I've been an inspiring manga writer for many years. Right, like I have a series that I've personally worked on for a very long time, and I actually recently kind of brought Zach into the project, told him about the first part of it, and uh, you know I feel like you can agree with me that one of my main things that I focused on was like the world building, where it's like I kept you know as we're telling I'm telling yeah. you, telling you the story, it's like okay now we're going to introduce this place, now we're going to introduce this place because now it's relevant, yeah. and I feel like that makes the story feels more natural moving forward. But before we get on, the one there is exception to this is like one series that's done it well that was able to world build first and then bring us our cast of characters, which is a very new series and one that I uh, jumped on and was like, yeah, this will be good. Was Elusive Samurai? That's true. Elusive Samurai. A lot of world building. Elusive Samurai. The first like fifteen chap. Well, maybe not fifteen, but like a good like ten chapters. I'd say or ten. So, yeah. Uh, was not very focused on characters. It didn't mention key characters, but it was actually a lot more of explaining the sort of time period and whatnot for the reader of setting up what was going to happen just because it's not exactly a time period that's hit on a lot. So it sort of did this a uh, several chapters of mainly world building with our characters walking through it, which led us into our big event that has now led us to a series that is very popular and actually very good. Yeah. And our very... Freaky child lord. <laughs> <laughs> He's into some weird stuff. <laughs> He's going to be so kinky shit. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right on that series, bro. Because like me and Josh both, we were very like, we ju- we were wanting to jump off. Josh did dr- jump yeah, off. Josh, off. Josh got quick. off quick. I stuck with it with you because you kept saying, it's like, oh, I'll just give it time, give it time. And, and it's true. Like, And, uh, you know, I feel like uh, even jump obviously oh, realize that pushing it so hard they were number one pushing it hard but then also think about how long it fucking took them to release volume one where they did not release volume one until they had enough chapters to release volume one and then volume two in back-to-back months yeah if that does not tell you how the even they felt towards the beginning of the world building series and then where it could go i don't know what does like they they 
they knew. They knew that the start was kind of slow and kind of rough. But no, you, that is that is a good example of a series that does it very well and succeeds at it. Uh, you know, and and still talking about the world building thing, I also yeah, I'd, I'd feel terrible if I didn't t- mention this series in terms of like the natural progression. 86. 86 yeah. does that very well, where it's like we are focused on what's relevant, and now like with the season two and with other light novels that I have gone through and that other people have already read. I think there's like eleven. I think the eleventh volume just came out recently. Mm-hmm. Like that that series does a very good job on the story direction, keeping you on the rails and to building the world as you go. Where what's relevant is what's relevant. Yeah. So I'd, I'd feel terrible if I didn't mention that one because that uh, is one of my favorite series of all time. I absolutely love 86, which also that series has some very good character development with our protagonist Shin as well. That is one of those, that's one of those series where it's like you have like a, a, a very kind of almost in a way like stale character because of how monotone he is. But like, like I, I don't, when I say stale, I don't, I'm not calling him stale. It just at first glance kind of appears like it. And then as you start to like dive into the first few episodes, like first two episodes, three episodes, whatever, and starts figuring out like, okay, yeah, this, all this shit's kind of fucked up. Then you start to realize more about why he is the way that he is. And I mean, that's also a good example of having the counterbalance because yep. he was very stale, but we had major waifu who was his counterbalance. Who, Lena. She was very, um, Emotional, sort of ready to do things and whatnot. And then also the and other, trying to break down his walls. Yes, and also our other members of the spearhead who were much more animated and things about that, sort of help counterbalance his Shin's uh, mooding. Yeah, which you know, if, as further developed, like now in season two, where you're starting to see him. You know, even right at the literally the first episode, you start to see a different Shin where like he kind of like fucked with Frederica's hair, or whatever, yeah. stuff like that. And then like uh, you know, one of the one of the later episodes where like he was talking to Frederica and talking about how like he's just everyone's reaper and everyone's gonna leave him behind, like that fear that he had of it, whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, that that's the sort of shit that we live for. Uh, and also I, I want to just give this a special shout out. We won't, we don't have to dive into it, but it's just another example of unbelievable character development. You know, not an anime. We kind of consider an anime Zuko from Air, uh, last airbender. That's some phenomenal character development. I got to shout it out. Just shout out, you know, uh, we're not going to dive into that one though. Uh, we'll move on to the next one, which is the final one. And really the least important one. It is important, you know, as long as it's like, like good for the series, I would say. And, and, like, not a step down from maybe where it once was, looking at you, Seven Deadly, uh, it, it's not a big deal. It's really not. And that's art style and animation. I mean, when it comes to, like, if you're reading a manga, the art style is always going to be just, like, that's something we will always hammer on. It's like, oh, dude, this art is phenomenal. Like, a loose Samurai, dude, even at Chapter 1, we're like, bro, this art is incredible. Like, immediately we're, we're, oh, yeah. we're, we're hammering that. Even though the world building was started first, the art of a loose Samurai was Fantastic. Oh, I mean, it was amazing. And I mentioned at the beginning of this that, I mean, I'm not the biggest person for art and animation, but there is a balance. Because, yes. like, in a heavy action uh, series, you're going to expect a lot of panels that sort of feel, like, sharp during fights or if, like, there's a big hit or something like that, then we always get our nice wide panels to really show stuff off, like standstills, suspense, and things like that, yeah. which are very done, always done very well on the art side. And the art becomes down to a very much thing of balance and framing and just, like, if you had a bit of a wide-open shot, but, like, how one half was empty and the other half had the two characters, you'd sort of just be like, why the hell is this other half empty? Yeah. And if it doesn't do anything with it, you're just sort of like, what was the point? Yep. And when it comes to, like, just, like, the animation, like, bro, like, the animation... 
you know, it while it, while yeah, it would be cool if like every anime had like a you know a demon slayer level animation or like a one piece level animation of today. Like that would be yeah, of course that'd be cool, right? But it doesn't need that. Not every series needs no. that. They really don't. Um, you know, I, I I've already mentioned a couple times. You know, Seven Deadly. They went from having I'm not going to say like top 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 tier animation the first two seasons, but pretty good animation to what we got in the last two seasons, which is why I'm so critical about it because it's just like of how much of a downgrade it was. Like like if you know, even if, like if we would have had the same animation for seasons three and four throughout the whole series, I may, I, I would still mention it like, yeah, this looked bad, but I don't think I would harp on it near as much as I do because of the downgrade that we went from. Right. Yeah. But examples of like animation that I want to shout out that honestly, uh, I'm not going to say a majority. I'm definitely not going to say a majority, but a decent chunk of people are very critical of even though it's very unique and visually appealing is some of the animations in black clover when shit's popping off. Like people are actually pretty critical about it at times. Like, you know, when Asta first went black mode like mm-hmm. that, like that whole fight, which by the way, that fight's not in the manga. So if you're an anime only viewer, you guys were eaten for that episode uh, in the manga. It was a one shot. He transformed, he one shot him all happened in a chapter. So enjoy that episode. I know you're a little critical of the animation, but I thought the animation was very unique and it was, it really set the tone that something else was a, like, that this was an intense moment. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause the same thing, like we always joke about, especially me, yo, when that intro music starts playing in the middle of the episode, you know, shit's about to pop off. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's, that's a, that's an anime fact. Yeah. Um, and you know, and th- that's how I feel with tor- with some of those like wild animation sequences, you know, and let's say black Clover, even JJK had some of it as well. Like when they were doing like the black, like the, dual black flash and stuff like that some of the stuff like toto and everything like the yeah, animation or, was very unique very different or one of the more recent ones also black clover was the oster yami fight yes. against um i forget his dante. name dante dante yeah yeah that animation was very sharp and nice and the whole fight and things like that even to the final shot of yami throwing his sword to oster or my new favorite meme picture at that time was zoro <laughs> the oh yeah <laughs> it's like zoro how'd you get there <laughs> Zoro always gets lost. <laughs> Those are some of my favorite memes of where Zoro is just like casually put into some location because he got lost getting yes. there. Those are 10 out of 10. Um, but, you know, when it comes to like the art song stuff, like, yo, there there is a nice balance of where you can have like very clearly like poorly drawn art and it's effective in a situation. Yes. Mashal is a good example of it. Mashal has a lot of those moments. Like, you know, where, where Mash is just being stupid where he's just Mash where he's like, Oh, okay. What? You know, whatever. Like the end, the drawing style of it is very blocky and cartoony. Yes. And that adds to that adds to just the moment and the character and the comedy factor. Like the, like that is that is fine. That is passable. Or bit, one of the big things, uh, Demon Slayer, when it goes from yes. serious and close, and then suddenly they're all chibis. Yes, which. I love those moments so much. Those are so great. <laughs> like those moments are fine. Like you insert those. Like I don't think anyone's gonna harp on that. All right. Now, even talking about a series, like if you establish from the get go, like yo, this is your style. This is how we're doing things. Like it's all good. Like you can ride with it. Because I'm gonna give an example, and I feel like giving this example, in a way, is like I feel like it's kind of like firing shots in a way at this series. And I'm not trying to fire shots at it because I'll fucking love this series. Zach loves this series. Our other friend Zach loves this series. I ain't trying to fire shots. All right. But I do want to give an example because I feel like even though I, I you know it's almost gonna feel like I'm hating on it, I feel like even you can agree that okay, some of the others like you, you know, that we read that we compare it to, like the art style is so drastically different and more detailed, is unordinary. Unordinary 
phenomenal story, incredible characters, incredible character development. But like, yo, you compare that art style, which by the way, I want to stress, I'm not trying to shit on. It's very good. It's better than anything that either of us could probably ever come up with. I'm just going to say it up front. But you compare it to like, let's say other series that's in like the same sort of genre on Webtoon that we like to read, like, like, a, like well, this isn't on Webtoon, but solo leveling or a, fuck, especially a weak hero and fucking Donald has, that's where all the budget went towards, <laughs> towards <laughs> Donald has fucking tattoos. Yeah, that's where all the budget's at for, for, uh, for detail. You know, got a high school, which even got a high school has the chibi moments, of course. Those are great. But like, you know, you could, you look at unordinary. And you compare it to like some of the other webtoons that we read, which I understand these are just like, you know, you know, self-employed artists. I get yeah. it. Yeah. And again, I'm not trying to hate on an ordinary, you know, artists, whatever, but you look at that art style and you compare it to the others. You can see like the level of detail, which an ordinary has its level of detail. Don't get me wrong. Like they do a really good job with some of the abilities, the way the eyes look, shit like that. But like, dude, like, I feel like you can agree with me. Like the art style is lacking compared to others. It's still good but lacking compared to others. But because that is well-established, that this is the series, this is the art style, and because of everything else about it with story direction, the uniqueness of, like, the abilities, uh, the character development of John, whatever, that's what really pulls you in where you can overlook that art style. Well, I think that's not even, like, even that. I mean, in terms of just sharpness, yes, it would be lacking, but I feel like that's also in a selling point, yeah, point of an ordinary. It's just a... It, Lacks that sharpness, and I mean, honestly, it sort of fits in a sort of good thing that Uruchan went with that, just because that sharpness and whatnot of most webtoons you sort of expect and things like that, and you can sort of know what you're going to get, where with an ordinary, it lacks that sharpness, and it almost it has a duller feel to it, which sort of draws you in more. It actually makes whenever, like the first time you see abilities or the first time um, Arlo... Uh, fights John, or that's the first time John actually uses his ability. It really hits more with those when, because if you notice, those are actually slightly sharper with yeah, like yeah. the edges and whatnot, yep. following the lights and everything, and really allows for those scenes to actually impact more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, and like I said, I wasn't trying to shit on an ordinary at all. I'm just trying to give an example of like, you know, I could pull an example from like, uh, you know, weekly Shonen jump. That's the same way. Cause I mean, if I had to immediately pull an example, you know, I would, I may immediately pull Mashal because Mashal is always that, that same art style of where it's like, it's meant to be more kind of blocky, yeah. right? It's that that's the point. And the Mashal's art's great. You know, especially once like you've got those dope, those, those dope pages that are very well drawn, like that really deliver the moment, like what you're saying. Like, again, I'm not trying to shit on either series i'm just pointing out a fact that that is the the style for it and if that's the style for it that helps draw you in right there's there's a very large difference between the style approach and it just being bad art that's a yeah. that's obviously a very large that's a very large gap you know in terms of like you know the art style and direction another good series to kind of point out that fits really well for it is uh jjk the manga like while the animation like the anime is awesome obviously the anime like was so beautifully animated everyone's like dick hard about it if you've never read the manga the manga is like it's very, it's a very grunge sort of style. Like that's the best word that I can think to describe it. Where it's like the style for it, it almost feels like there are, are times where it's like it's almost seems like a sketch in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that is the style for it, and it works. And you know, and you know, I, I, cause I remember I was talking about uh, a while ago when JJK went on like what was like a two month hiatus, yeah. whatever, because the curator's health. There was that uh, that it was one of the the last chapters. It wasn't the last. It was like a chapter before before it went on hiatus. 
that chapter is very clearly not finished. Yes. And a lot of people tried to say, oh, that's just the style of JJK. No, that no, in, in, that, in, in that case, that was very clearly pa- panels that was not done flat out, and they just released the chapter. But, like, that style where it almost seems like a constant sketch, I mean, it works really well for JJK because it just adds to, like, the, the, the grittiness of yeah. the series. In which... Besides that one chapter that looked really rough, they actually incorporated it slightly into a couple chapters after that, which were actually very nice for it. Yeah. It was sort of a little off-putting just because of what we were used to, but at the same time, it did actually work for them at that time. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Um, anything else you want to shout out for art style and animation? Uh, not for art style and animation, but the one thing I do still want to hit on was uh, just general setting. Yes. Yeah, okay, sure. In general setting, because like if we go back to sort of uh, concept and things like that, general setting is actually plays a big point into, especially for me of what like uh, stories like back to concepts of like Red Hood and the whole fairy tale yeah, thing, yeah. and they specifically chose a fantasy world and whatnot like that, and it worked for that setting. But try and think of that fairy tale world and if they had put that setting in like a sci-fi, how do you think that would have done? That is well, <laughs> not good. So I mean, so a setting really plays a and that of helping world develop and concept of like, and like another one, like of One Piece, it, of this big thing in an adventure. It works so far for pirate and space, but a thing like that. What if you had that setting and put it in like, um, what was that weird series you were watching that with the ridiculous names? Mm. Oh, Sakugan. Yeah, Sakugan. Where, Those names were fucking weird. <laughs> and like taking that concept of, you have your main character, and there's this big treasure, but now it's in a subterranean world. See, and, and you know that I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I wasn't even going to think about that. Shout out to Zach. Uh, <laughs> that concept, that setting, you can vouch for me. That's what pulled me in to even watch mm-hmm. the series. Because like when I read about the concept before it started, my questions were, why are we underground? You know, why are we down here? This is an yeah. interesting concept and setting because yes. it's a subterranean world and. You don't get that that often. No, it's different. And I feel like even like the the setting, uh, which is, I, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if I necessarily call it setting. This now this more flirts with like just like the story concept. I was going to mention uh, Takaf, but that's more story concept, wouldn't it? More yeah, so but than I mean, setting. but I mean, so they sort of coincide because like yeah. the concept of Takaf is the whole fact of that there's these music arts that. Sh- as from what I got, are pieces of music that more or less come to life as yeah. a female human beings that can fight these D2s. But setting of it is more or less modern apocalypse. But even with that same concept, it, that setting would probably also work in like a, a sci-fi realm, possibly of high fantasy, but wouldn't necessarily work for Western. Right. Yeah. Imagine that in a Western setting. <laughs> oh, I wonder how much it would have grabbed us. <laughs> I was about to say, it would have been a little bit more Asian. <laughs> <laughs> and with the setting as well, uh, one thing that I think is also, uh, I, I'm not going to say it's super important, but it's still just like, okay, that's great. That's nice to see. Is like when our series, our show is progressing and we see the setting progress with it. And yeah. which is a good thing because yeah. like another one I was going to like, God of High School. Yeah. That setting has changed drastically over the years. Bro, yes, it has. We went to some (laughs) weird high school fighting, well, like high school university fighting tournament to 
we're transitioning <laughs> fucking worlds now. Yes. Yeah, dude, if you've only seen the God of High School anime and you haven't bothered to read the webtoon, bro, <laughs> this shit's so different. So, like, I always like to touch on setting because it's sort of something that's missed a lot of punch versus, like, constant world because setting sets a very significant tone because as soon as you know, well, it's a modern world, so I can expect these things, sci-fi. Yep, yep. technology, fantasy, whatever that's going to be. All that fun stuff and everything like that versus... um Noblesse. Oh, dude, I was just about to mention Noblesse before we finish things up. Thank you. And uh, You read my fucking mind. <laughs> we have the initial setting of modern-day Korea. Yep. But we slowly end up going into super-secret island of vampires. Yep, in the, what, the Bermuda Triangle? Yeah. Yeah. To place where all these werewolves live. And yep. I'm just like... <laughs> remember Korea, guys? Yeah, remember everything <laughs> happening there. <laughs> Shit, how times have changed. <laughs> remember when, uh, what's his name, Shin Woo? Yeah, when he was relevant. Yeah, remember when he was going to like look like he was going to be like a main character? <laughs> remember when he seemed like he was important? Yeah, remember those days? And then we met Rai and went, oh. go away, Shin Woo. Yeah, I still wish Shin Woo could have been more. <laughs> Shin Woo was so cool. I love Shin Woo. <laughs> But no, dude, yeah, setting, setting. you're right, it sets the tone. It sets the tone. It set, helps you understand where you're going, you know. And, you know, in terms of setting, like, one another example, and this is a good this is a good one of setting and world building, right, would be, like, Rising of the Shield Hero. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, season two is about to pop off here soon. You know, that uh, very quickly establishes the setting, and, and then it starts kind of just building the world as we go. And and this, that's, that's another great example of the world building being natural because it only puts things in your face that are relevant because that's how season one went and that's how the light novels and the manga has gone since is you get to explore these other like these other nations or worlds or whatever as the series goes on and shit becomes relevant i mean that's the one of the main things about season two is there he's going to another country i think is what it was right yeah yeah you know, that's the entire place of the uh, you know season two so and the very interesting thing i was just concept setting of that setting of high fantasy yeah i always like to look at shield here and go how do you think that would have done in a, um, let's say, feudal Japan? Ooh, I think it still would have been interesting, uh, but I don't think near as interesting as what it is. I think it would have still been interesting, but I feel like we would have gone on much different transitions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let me th- let me think about this for a sec. Um, do we do we want to shout out uh, Tokyo Avengers in any capacity for any of these topics? Because like that's one that obviously I mean, swept the world s- last year. I would year. say character development. Because yeah. character development and uh, the yo, cast after this characters. latest chapter, that's some yeah. ca- that's some character development. Yeah. <laughs> I would say Tokyo Revengers probably does not have the most unique uh, concept. It probably has, in terms of most popular, that concept by that's just true. how it's taken over the world. Yep. But I mean, there's tons of delinquent mangas yep. out there that have, which hit harder on that concept of things like that. But in terms of Tokyo Revengers, it has very good cast characters character development and just overall um i guess it does have a point in concept of the not necessarily on the delinquent side delinquent uh, gang side of concept but the uh transitioning time periods concept yeah yeah uh hey another legendary series that we can shout out here um uh, just based on like multiple topics here is uh you hawk show yeah yeah, Yu Hakusho, you know, it establishes, like, the world, you know, in a, in, in a relevant way pretty quickly. It has You know, you understand the setting pretty quickly. Great cast of characters. Um, I mean, compelling MC. Yeah. Just uh, our little first shot is, I'm dead. Oh, 
Fuck. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, and shit. It had slow inklings of Isekai. When you yeah. think about it. he gets hit by a freaking car and goes to the freaking spirit world. Immediately. God dang it, you Yuakasha. I know. <laughs> Uh, another great example of uh, establishing setting uh, is, of course, Inuyasha. I don't know. That one's debatable to me. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you, uh, you also say because you're just like, you, you've been unfortunately in the Yasha Hime train. Yeah. I feel like Inuyasha does pretty well establishing the setting. World, yes. Setting, yeah, I'm on, I'm on the fence. Okay, okay. I, I, okay. I, I can <laughs> and this is just it. me, a personal beef. It might actually, but this is just a personal beef with me. <laughs> that, that's Well, you have been deep in the rabbit hole of Yashihime, unfortunately. <laughs> you poor bastard. Yeah, the, the only one of us three that actually finished season one, and you're pretty much mostly done with season two. So Season two's actually ended, I believe, now. Okay, well, that's good. One last thing for you have to worry about. Um so let's. Uh, I guess we can go ahead and wrap up the show now. I got a pretty good. We we actually went a lot longer than I thought oh, we would. Yeah. yeah. And you know the sad part is we we've gone a lot longer than I thought we would. I stone cold thought this was gonna be like a forty minute episode. Like, oh, I didn't. Uh, like I like I, I really I was like oh yeah we can probably bust it out in forty minutes. No big deal. Uh, is there any other series that you want to shout out to, or any other cons or any other ideas or whatever you want to shout out to before we wrap it up? Uh, one series that I started reading towards the end of last year that I'll shout out is uh, Medical Return. I which, think you told me about this one. Yes, which is a isekai series, and it's a very it's one I like to mention because it's sort of in the death note field of it's mostly drama based and uh, situational intellectual, and doesn't actually have any fights or anything like that. Just a large cast of uh, characters in the medical field, and just the drama between our MC and the main main antagonist, and just things like that, and watching as everything flows through the years of him. Reliving his medical years. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You told me about that one. I'm pretty yeah. sure. All right. Well, I feel like we can probably wrap up the show then. Uh, this is actually, a, a, I feel like one of our better episodes, period. I feel like this is a legitimate, legitimately a pretty solid episode. Mm-hmm. I really it was do. good. Yeah. I, I enjoy having conversations like these. So I'm looking forward to having more topics in the coming up. Like I said, we've got like a list of like 10 different things that, we're, that we want to do. There is one of those in particular, and you know which one, that I am actually really excited to talk about and dive into that I thought of. But uh, And I will say, you know, for some of these topic episodes, uh, Josh may come back for some of those since there's not like a lot of like commitment prep. Because I mean, even now, like, you know, the, you know, for anyone new to Anime and Plus, Josh is a third co-host he's been gone since like october uh but it's it's because of work like even now the dude still has not like i saw him put up a tweet like yesterday where he's like i can't remember the last time i left work at the time i was scheduled to like he'll leave he'll leave work like like sometimes four or five hours after when he's supposed to so it's just obviously impacted when you know doing the podcast with us especially since we do the show during the week yeah um so one day he will be back it's just a matter of when but i know for some of these topic episodes uh he may you know try to get into since uh he doesn't have to like hard prep beforehand and watch a bunch of shows there's a reason why we went on hiatus because there's not many people who are going to do the shit like i did you gave me three days i read 200 chapters Never forget that. <laughs> Listeners and viewers, never forget that. Yeah, Josh was sick, I think. It's, yeah, Josh was sick. Uh, and, dude, it was literally, like, episode three, episode yeah. four. Like, the show just started, bro. And, like, he was sick and couldn't do the show. So I'm just, like, three days before, I'm like, yo, Zach, you want to come on and 
do the show with me because I knew Zach uh, had watched God of High School. I knew he had read the webtoons and God of High School anime just ended. So I was like, okay, easy way to do the show. Get him on. We'll talk about God of High School. Then this dude fucking shocks me by reading like 200-something fucking chapters and watching this. I'm like, okay, all right, we need to talk about further about you getting on the show more. <laughs> and that is how Zach has became part of Sparky 3. Yeah, good times. The yeah. Big, yeah, I say good times, but bro, like I mentioned you not long ago, I went back and listened to some of the early episodes. Whew, man, they were rough. Man, it, it just it's, it just feels like it feels so awkward because it's like you can very clearly tell that we were just still trying to find our voice, you know, behind the mic and doing podcasting. So it's. Awkward. I was about to say this is how I was gets to be on any other shows because like. Lighthearted, which turned the game aesthetic, I got like a three-minute notice. <laughs> that is big true. Yeah, so yeah. So if I ever show up on a show for the first time, it's because he gave me like anywhere from a day to like two minutes notice. Look, yeah, the, the three-minute notice, that is a fact. That is a fact. Uh, because uh, Nick was unable to make the show, and I, I, I couldn't do the show the next day, and I still wanted to get the show done. So... You know, light, you know, lighthearted, you know, game aesthetic. It's like there's not a lot of prep that goes behind it. I mean, really, the only thing that I would say is is good to know is, like, if you have a basic, I mean, basic, like, kindergarten-level understanding of the gaming industry, you can do the show. Other than that, just have an opinion. That's all it is, right? So I literally called Zach. I'm like, yo, can you do a podcast? And you're just like, when? I'm like, like right now. <laughs> He's like, let me put on pants. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, good times, good times. And now look at us. You know, Game Static, Anime Plus. Hey, you know, we're finally at a point where it's just like, I feel like all shows are in a very good established place. That's 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 good to feel because there was a time period where it's just like, all right, well, let's kind of figure this thing out as we go. You know, I feel like all shows have, are in a good established place and they continue to grow in different ways, which is cool. Because like this show, I feel like this show is going to grow, you know, for us personally, just by, you know, introducing more like loose based topic episodes as part of normal episodes. Because we used to do shit like this for bonus casts and we we fell off. Yeah, because, I mean, bonus cast ultimately was just us doing, like, two, maybe three episodes a week. Yeah. And it's just like, eh. Or two, let me stress, two or three episodes a week of just this show. Because keep in mind, like, here at Sparky 3, we do three different shows weekly. Anime Plus, Terrible Football Show, and Game Static. All three I'm part of. Uh, Zach's part of two. So, like, you know, tagging on bonus cast and spoiler cast for, like, me and Zach, it's just like... Yeah, I guess we can do it. (laughs) So doing these sort of topics for like an an official Anime Plus numbered episode, I feel like it's pretty good for the show, honestly. Hopefully people resonate with it. Hopefully you enjoyed this conversation. I would love to hear people's thoughts. You know, so please comment down below, you know, your thoughts on anything that we chat about here and your thoughts on what makes an anime or manga good. I definitely want to hear from you on that. And, you know, we've got more topics lined up. We may do another topic next week. Honestly, it just comes down if I catch up on stuff. I, I, I do have a busy weekend, so that's why it's kind of up in the air if I'm going to catch up on anything. I will say um, catching up on stuff, you know, just to kind of keep the show a little bit lighter for the moment because, uh, again, I got a lot of shit in my personal life I'm trying to sort through. We are going to slap off some of the uh, the animes on our list that we're going to review because before we were reviewing, uh, what, seven different shows? Yep. So, like, we'll still do Dragon Quest just because, like, Zach's too far in now. I mean, it's the meme of anime plus he does you know it's the thing i still want to do like sabuki bisco land leadale we both mutually want to do and platinum in is almost over so we'll go ahead and kind of do keep doing that and we will have a couple episodes of 86 that we'll chat about but like love of kill tribe non yashahime uh those are ones that we may like just come back to when the series is done which should be like in 
three or four weeks, uh, Tribe Nine and Love of Kill should be done. I think. Yeah, because th- yeah, they're all, they're both only twelve a piece. Yeah. So they should be like episode nine or ten coming out. So only a few weeks from now, we might do like a little bit of a, like a quick recap of how we thought of the first season or the series itself. Whatever, we might do that. But we're gonna slap it off the the weekly review again. Good shows, recommend them. Uh, and then coming up here soon. Like I said, Shirt Hero Season 2. We do have Spy Family also come out in April. Uh, like I said, two final 86 episodes. And I might do Comey Can't Communicate Season 2. I enjoyed Season 1. I was one. about to say, because didn't they just announce Season 2? Yeah, day? it's coming out in April. Yeah, it's coming out in April. I enjoyed Season 1. I might do. Oh, I might try to watch it weekly for uh, to, for Season 2. I don't know how the we- I don't know how that's going to go. Because I know for Season 1, it came out in Japan and then it came out like four weeks later on Netflix and was releasing weekly over here in the West. I don't know if they're doing it this time or if it's going to be a universal release. I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see if I do come and communicate. I might. And then I'll, I'm, I, I will try to dig through the spring list and see what else. I, I will say the spring list, I'm a little unsure about it besides our two big ones, whatever, because I did notice the spring list is very similar to the winter season list that we had where it's like a lot of sequels like new seasons for series that like neither of us watch. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so I don't know. We'll, I, I, I do always try to look through the list of every new season. Cause I always want to try to find the next 86 for me, you know, or the next Tokyo Avengers for me. Cause those are both series that I had never heard of. I just read them, you know, on the spring list. I thought they looked cool. Check them out. And here we are now we rave about them. Uh, so I will try to find something good, but uh, yeah, the anime list will be cut down a little bit uh, just to compensate for the, the amount of time that I have. And, want to commit to this right now for the shows because these like I, like, I, like what like i said what sparked this whole topic you know these shows like they're good but they're not grabbing to a point where it's like i have to absolutely watch it every single week you know it's just like okay I've, i'll try to make the time for it because my big beef about it is like the moment like this really started to become like work is the moment where i'm just like eh you know what I mean? Because up until now, none of this has felt like work to me. At least to me, there's yeah. been a couple shows that has. Seven Deadly Sins. Well, that was that was work. <laughs> All right, I was, that was work. Sakugan. That was work. Okay, I mean, you had a few good episodes in there. I did, but like Talk Up, that was not work. Uh, even the beginning of Platinum End, that was not work. 86, not for a single moment was that work to me. Tokyo never felt like work. But there was a couple shows that's just like. All right, time to get my time in for the week. You know, it's just like, oh, damn it. And that's how I felt towards like almost every show that we're watching. All good. It just feels like work. Uh, but we still, of course, still do the manga chapter ratings, which I do need to catch up to a couple series that I forgot existed, like Eden Zero. I just caught the Eden Zero today. Like I, when I was putting this script together so I could have things to remember, I got to the Weekly Shonen Magazine stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, I was reading Eden Zero and Seven Deadly Sins. I forgot. Oops. <laughs> so got to catch up to those. But all right, we'll hit the music. We'll get out of here. Zach, last thoughts. All right. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, whatever your platform allows. It does help, especially with this episode. Please leave a comment. Let us know if there's anything we missed that you think makes a good manga or anime. Or if you like this idea of us doing these topics every once in a while, it does help. And you can also watch all this at www.sparky3.com and sparky3shop.com. Yep. And for merch. Shout out to merch. Um, do we want to drop a promo code for Animan Return? That's up to you. You have control of the shop. Do we have anything worth a damn besides the B shirt? I love the B shirt. <laughs> the B shirt is dope. Uh, we'll launch a promo code, just promo code Animan, uh, 25% off everything in the shop, sparky3shop.com, link down in the description below, as well as the promo code. 
uh, do everything Zach said and more. Join the Discord server. Go follow us on Twitter. I got to say, if, if you listen to the show on, on any of the audio platforms, definitely go follow us on Twitter so you know why we randomly go on a break sometimes. Shit pops up. Uh, and that's the place to find out, as well as the website. I also put those up on the website in a blog form. Again, you can set up the website for free. or Which, again, it's for free. Sign up. What are you doing? Or if you're feeling generous, five bucks a month, early podcast episodes, including this episode, will be up early on the website. Uh, until next time, guys. Have a good one. Glad to be back. Bye.